and to make sure that we get praise and worship. And so I couldn't be more grateful and more thankful for that. Well, we're glad that you decided to join us uh, today uh, at City on a Hill Church. I know we're online, but you're still here with us because the church is not about four walls. The church The church of Jesus Christ is alive and well and is meeting around the world even as we speak. And so we are here today and we are going to lift up the name of Jesus. I do want to remind you uh, that there are ways for you to stay connected directly following this service today at about 1030. Uh, Candice is going to have uh, group prayer and you can zoom group right in right on our Facebook page you can zoom group in and uh, if you need special prayer they can put you in a waiting room and pray for you one-on-one but I want to remind you we're staying together we had an amazing week of zoom groups we had our youth meet on Monday night we had the ladies Bible study meet on Tuesday night my men's Bible study met on Wednesday night it was good to hear voices and see faces Um, Then on Friday night, uh, we had a small groups meeting. We had the college and career, which is now moving to Thursday night because it looks like it's a better night. Uh, And so there are ways for you to stay connected. Remember, our church office is available. You can let us know what's happening, and we'll pray for you, and we'll encourage you, and we'll uplift you. So I just want you guys to know that we are meeting all of our small groups. Just about every one of our small groups met online, and they were uh, learning and growing um, and, and studying the Bible. We had people visit us from North Carolina who normally couldn't come to our Bible study, but they were in Glenbeth. Badonsky from Alabama. I know he's watching this morning with his family. We send love to you. And uh, he joined our Bible study. He only got one verse, but if he actually puts his face on there this week, he may get more. And uh, I'm expecting to see a comment here any minute from him. Uh, But we are just uh, excited about what God's doing. Remember, one of the greatest ways to stay connected is your app, your phone app, and it's Koa dash fl c-o-a-h dash fl and uh, we post the the message on there as well you can listen to it audio every day you'll get some sort of scripture to just remind you god's on the throne we don't want to badger you but we believe the word of god is powerful and sometimes you need that there's also things that are happening in our church or with our church body that we can keep you up to date Uh, You have a Bible on there. You can continue to give your tithes and offerings to Jesus. You can continue to bring your gifts to the storehouse. You can continue to make those gifts, your reoccurring gifts and your one-time gifts. You're still able to do that. And you are one button away from doing all those things. But the, the saying that we have right now, and we've been trying to build, is this. And that is that we are all one click away from fellowship. Fellowship is one click away, so we pray that you're going to take the time uh, to be connected and, uh, and that you'll, you'll benefit from those things. There's a couple of quick things that I want to share just, as, just before I get into the message, and that is that you know we know that Palm Sunday's coming, we know Good Friday's coming, we know Easter uh, Sunday's coming, and so um, you're, you're going to get some updated details uh, about those things as we get closer, so be watching your email. If we don't have your correct email please make sure that you get it to our church office you can send it to info 
at cityonahillchurch.tv. We want to make sure that you keep uh, uh, informed. You'll also get it on your app. So if you download your app, you'll get all those details and you'll know some of the plans that we have. Uh, we're trusting God for a miracle, but you have to have a plan just in case God has a different plan. If God has a different plan, I want his plan over my plan any day of the week. Uh, so, if, uh, so if we have some adjustments that have to be made, we're going to let you know. As of right now, we will be live next week. Uh, right here from the sanctuary we know that it won't be open by next week but we're trusting and believing God uh, for a miracle so we're going to trust God and see what his plan is well listen we're in a series and we've been in our series it's called Lent and for the last uh, for the, the sum of 40 days we've been trying to put together um, how, what it would look like to get closer to God in these 40 days. And so as we are looking into this, and as we're growing in our faith, boy, what a challenge. We did not know when we started this that we wouldn't be meeting together. We didn't know that, but God did. And you know what? This is our chance to build our personal relationship with God, even through this process. We had no idea what could be coming. But we know that God did. And so I believe that God's trying to use this to connect us to one another. Genesis 50:20 says, "What man meant for evil, God can use for good." And I believe that God can use that, but this is what Joseph said. He said, "So that many lives will be saved." And I believe that God wants to save people's lives today. So as, as we dig into our text today, we're digging into uh, this series. And one of the things that Lent always does is it challenges us to look at our morality, which people don't like to hear about, and our mortality, which means our life. And the truth of the matter is, what you believe, what you believe about life and death heavily heavily affects your faith and so so it heavily affects your faith and so the truth of the matter is we're all gonna die that people are like i did not plug in on this i did not plug in to hear that but the truth of the matter is death is imminent hey here's the deal we're all gonna die but death cannot keep us because jesus has defeated satan sin and death so while it may be appointed that every man should die and be judged we know that jesus is the author and finisher of our faith and he is alive and so we want to understand what that means and so i believe the reason a lot of the fear and a lot of the anxiety and panic has taken over is because people don't know about death they don't understand that life and death in this body is a short sentence in light of eternity and so we'll scratch and claw for every second that we have not realizing that god has given us eternity and he's even placed it in our hearts and so I believe that people are struggling more because they're fearful of that. And so we as human beings, see, here's the truth. We as human beings, we know something's missing. We know something's missing. We know that, that we are not full. And we tend to seek our redemption through human means. We think if we do enough good, then I'm going to be full. 
We think if we have enough sex, then I'm going to be full. If I do enough drugs, I'm going to be full. If I drink enough, I'm going to be full. If I do this, if I have enough money, power, sex, whatever it is, that I'm going to be full. And we keep realizing that we're empty, 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 empty. And we start trying everything that we can to earn God's favor. Let me tell you something. God already loves you. Listen to me. God loves you the same amount right now as he's ever loved you and as he's ever going to love you. There is nothing you can do to make God not love you. He absolutely adores you. That's why my life verse is Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his love in this and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. When Jesus found me, I was a drug addict alcoholic, no account, doing everything I could to discredit my, the, the family name and doing everything I could to get ahead. And God loved me just as much then as he loves me right now after 30 years of ministry. He loves me the same. His love has not grown for me, but you know what has happened? My love for him has grown because I understand that he changed my life. And I understand it wasn't based on my performance. It was based on grace. And I want you to wrap your heart and mind around this. You see, our hearts are longing for salvation. We want to be saved. We desire that. We're all incomplete. We feel blame. We feel guilt. We are filled with thoughts. I don't know anybody, anybody that's perfect. I've never met a perfect person. And you know what? We're not perfect. We're being what? Perfected. That's what God is working on. And as, as we look and as we see, sweep through the biblical story, there's one major virus. There's one major sickness that was introduced in Genesis that has been taking more lives than any other virus or sickness in the world. And it's called sin. And sin has been destroying lives for years. But God sent a cure, the perfect cure. God sent his son Jesus, and through the blood of Jesus, you and I can be forgiven. You see, sin creates a deep chasm between us and God. And even though uh, even those who do not believe in God usually know there's something wrong, there's something missing. Even people who say, I don't believe in God, know there's something wrong. Think about the orphan who's never met their parents. There's something missing that they always want. And that's why they go and they want to seek that parent. They want to seek them because there's something missing. But at the same time, deep down, we know that we have a father. Amen? And so at, while we were orphans, God revealed himself to us. And now we don't seek anyone else but him because he chose to keep us. He adopted us into his very own family. He didn't get stuck with us. We weren't a mistake. He purposely signed the papers and said, I love Mike. I love Jacob. I love Stacy. I love Kim. I love Chris. That's what he said. I love you and I'm going to put up with all of your craziness. And Lord knows he didn't, I, he knows all things, but I give him some crazy. You know what I'm saying? I put, sometimes I'm convinced I bounce on God's last nerve, you know? And, and, but I'm glad for His grace. I remember the grace all the time, amen? <laughs> but we've all met or known somebody, somebody who knows that there's something missing. And we've all also met people whose walk doesn't match their talk. 
We've met people, and the reason that a lot of people um, talk about, I don't like going to church, or I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites, and they're so judgmental. My only question to them is this, wasn't that judgmental? Didn't the statement you just make, you just said, I don't go to church because I don't like hypocrites, and I don't go to church because they're so judgmental, in the same time you're judging and being a hypocrite yourself for judging people. And so here's what I know. We can't focus on what others' behaviors are. No, 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 no. We focus on God's behavior toward us. And then our belief in God causes our behavior to be transformed. You see, Paul's a good illustration of your walk matching your talk. When he was writing his letters to us, he was writing from prison saying, hey, the chains I'm suffering for, I would do it a thousand times over because the glory that I'm going to share with my Savior far exceeds any prison sentence, far exceeds any virus, and far exceeds any death sentence for that matter. You see, we must leave behind human striving. We have to leave behind human striving for salvation, and we need to cling to the cross of Jesus Christ which is our only provision for salvation. The only provision that we have is the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we hold closely to that, we're going to be all right. Now, are you going to be perfect? You better believe you're not. Are you gonna, you're probably going to mess up before the end of the day because I know I am. i got to drive home. And, and anybody who knows me knows that's one of my biggest things. Dumb drivers. See, I just did it right there. Right? I, can't, I didn't even know how to say unwise drivers i just said dumb drivers you know there was somebody who blew the red light this morning i'm like really i'm trying to get to church and failing you know so 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 i understand that but i know that my hope is in jesus and him alone and so what do i do i'm not perfect so do i just give up and cuss them out no i say god forgive me and I, and, and the lord helps me say bless them lord now he now he has to help me mean it now, that's, that's another whole case. Bless him, Lord. And I got to watch my attitude because he knows what my heart is. So, so, but he helps me through that. You know, the Swiss uh, theologian Karl Barth argued that God, God's being or his identity is known through his actions. And I would argue that your identity and my identity are known through our actions, through what we do. And the truth, uh, it, it, that's the truth for all of us. The best way for us to get to know someone is not by listening to them talk. No, 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 no. But by watching the way they live. You see how they act. And when we do that, we know what they really believe. And in this time as believers, man, this world is, is out of hand right now. And I understand that. And there are all kinds of things and there are fears. And I'm just telling you, God hasn't give us a, given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. But I want all of us as believers, those who have come to faith in Jesus, to know other people are watching our behaviors. Are we hoarding or are we sharing? Are we loving our life more than theirs? Are we serving people? Are we demonstrating the love of God in real and tangible ways? Are we finding ways to serve our community and our city? See, these are the things that matter. These are the things that matter because these are the things that address if our lives are hidden in Christ alone. 
And that's the title of today's message, In Christ Alone. All throughout the Bible, they talk about those who are in Christ. Not those who, not those who know uh, or, or know about God, but those who are in Christ, meaning those who are following. And uh, in the early New Testament, in the early church, they called it the way. Those who are in the way. And sometimes I think we need to get in the way of sin. And we need to get in the way of, 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 of terrible things taking place. We need to get in the way and we need to start making sure that God's way is the only way. And so, so as we look at this today, here's what I want us to see. In Christ, because we're supposed to be following him, in Christ we see that uh, the God is self-emptying God who continuously pours himself out for our sake. You can fill that in. God is the self-emptying God who continually pours himself out for the sake of others. That's what God does. You can fill that in on your app. You can fill that in. We sent it out via email. You can plug that in. It's also going to come up on your, uh, insta your, uh, your interaction in case you missed it. But this is what Philippians says. It says, but, but, but Christ emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Servant. Being born in the likeness of men. Jesus is the Savior of the world. He is our Lord. And salvation is an act of God. Not something that we do. Not something that human beings do. Salvation comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. And we're invited to a movement of self-emptying. Meaning we pour ourselves out. For others, we pour ourselves out for our families. We pour ourselves out for our spouse. We pour ourselves out for our neighbors. We pour ourselves out for strangers. We pour ourselves out and we are constantly self emptying because God is constantly filling us with His presence and power. And the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living in you and me and constantly keeps us full. And we've got to constantly be pouring ourselves out. You see, we're invited to pour ourselves out to others. And now is the time. And now is the opportunity for us to, to do that. The other thing about Jesus that no one can ever argue, historians can't argue, no one can argue this. Jesus talked the talk and he walked the walk. Jesus talked the talk and he walked the walk. You can, you can fill this in. And here is the funny thing. This next section of Scripture is one of the first sections ever discovered. And it was actually an early hymn of the church. They would sing this to one another. You know how Paul always talked about greeting one another and singing with one another and encouraging one another? He says, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." 
Therefore, beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now, so now, right now, during the middle of coronavirus, so now, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. They would sing this together. They would encourage one another. And Paul says, listen, I'm over here right now, but just because I'm not with you, just because the church isn't gathering together right now, doesn't mean that we forget the hymn that we sing about the power of Jesus. It doesn't mean that we don't get involved in people's lives. He says now even more we should be doing those things in his absence because God is always present. Isn't that wonderful? Paul writes in Philippians 2.12 that we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. He's getting to the fact that God is perfect and God is holy and, and to be in his presence is perfect. But it's also a terrifying prospect if you don't know him. But you see, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn in two. And now you and I, the Bible says this, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Isn't that awesome? Not as a servant, but as a son or daughter of God. We get to walk in and call him Abba. We get to walk in and call him Daddy and say, Father, I have a problem. Not worrying about losing our head in the process. You see, God is light. And when the darkness comes into his presence of the all-powerful light, it disintegrates. Darkness has to flee. That used to be a song that we would sing. How great is our God. It says he, he bathes himself in light and darkness tries to hide, but it trembles at his voice. And I believe that with all of my heart. And in the Gospels, we see little children running to Jesus. We see little children sitting on his lap. And we remember that our God is tender and loving, but he's also powerful and awesome. We remember through God's action who he is. And we can trust in him. We can hold on to him. We can believe him. You see, here in the incarnation, we get the fullest picture of God, that Jesus is God. How is that possible? How can a holy God be tenderhearted towards sinners? Because he loves us. Sin had a penalty, and that penalty was paid in full because he loves us. You see, you and I need to understand that Paul says, therefore, he says Jesus was in his very nature God, but didn't consider it equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. And sometimes I think we get this sense of entitlement that we have no business, like God owes us something. Let me, let me explain something to you. To you. You're never going to sit in the judgment seat and God sat uh, behind the plaintiff's chair. That's never happening. You may as well just get over that now. And let me just let you know, you're disqualified from that anyway because of your behavior. And so if you think you're ever going to stand in judgment of God, God help you. Because Romans 14, 12 says that all of us are going to give an account to God. But God's never going to give an account to you. So if you think you're going to get to heaven and shake your fist at God and say, well, I want you to tell me, I'm going to tell you one thing, that ain't happening. You may as well just get yourself situated because last time I checked, you are not morally perfect. And last time I checked, you are disqualified from the judge's robe. There's only one judge. 
And you'll stand before him one day, and you'll either stand before him as friend or foe. But make no mistake, God gives you no, God owes you no explanation. He doesn't. He doesn't owe you a hill of beans. You know the neck, the breath you, look, take a breath. That's grace. The fact that you're alive is grace. That's truth. The fact that you just took your next breath is God's grace because the Bible says no one is righteous. No, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so you and I, we get a chance to understand that and we get a chance to understand that we're living by grace. And yes, we live in a fallen world. And you know natural evil comes into this fallen world. Tsunamis and viruses and, and all, of these things, uh, all of these things that come into the world naturally are still a result of human sin. We weren't made for this world. We weren't made for this virus. No, no, no. God gave us a perfect place for us to exist. And man failed. And when he failed, what happened is sin was introduced and death was introduced, which is the penalty for sin. And then God sends his agent of grace in Jesus. The problem is, is that natural, natural evil is a result of human sin, original sin. Now, here's the problem. Natural evil is actually added to is actually intensified by human sin as well why do you think hoarding matters that's sin all of these things putting yourself above others all of these things it's incredibly important for us to understand that and so paul is saying take the position of a servant Take the position of God in human likeness. Hang on to his grace in this process. You see, found being in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. This is our God. He poured himself out. He emptied himself of his own glory in order to offer you and I eternal glory. This is the goodness, and all of that is found in him and in him alone. And then he did something even greater. Number three says, God put eternity in our hearts to let us know there's something more. You know, this virus is awful and it's scary and all those things. But you know what I'm comforted in? This earth is not my home. It's not. I'm just passing through, y'all. I'm, I'm here for as many years as God gives me the privilege of being here. And then I have eternity. And you know why I know that? And you know why I know you know that? Whether you know Jesus or not yet, you know why I know I know that? Because the scripture says this in Ecclesiastes 3.11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also put eternity in the hearts of men. Now listen to this part. Yet, that, uh, so that he cannot fathom what God is doing from beginning to end. He literally, we literally can't fathom what God is doing from beginning to end. But God has put eternity in our hearts. You see, there's an end to all of our human heart's desire, and that is salvation, and that is redemption. Ecclesiastes 3.11 reminds us that God has also set eternity in human hearts. We need to recognize that we're broken. We need to recognize that we need to move into the repair shop, and the repair shop is a relationship with God. 
He says he set eternity in every one of our hearts and we're broken in so many ways and we need help. To put it out of this religious language, we just need Jesus. And we don't know why right now, but we just know our hearts are longing for salvation and hope. And we know we can't find it anywhere else. And until we hit that place where finally, finally we don't try religion anymore. And we try relationship. Because I know there's some people watching right now and you say, I've tried that religion. I'm not asking you to try religion. I'm asking you to try an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul writes that, 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 that because of God's grace that we can become blameless children before our God. We can find hope and peace and the last thing I want you to think about this morning is this. Salvation is an act of God. It's not something human beings do. It is not something we do. Salvation comes through the cross. Salvation isn't something that you do. No. It's something that came through the cross of Jesus Christ for you and for me. Philippians says this, Therefore, my beloved... I just want you to sit with that for a minute. My beloved... My loved ones. This is what Paul's saying. My loved ones. Therefore, my beloved. He says, listen, as you've always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now listen to this verse. Listen to this verse, because this is what's going to give you hope this morning. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work his good pleasure. God is working in you. God is working in me. It's God who's doing that. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Have you done that this week? I haven't, but I need help. I can repent. I haven't done it without grumbling and, 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 and fussing. But, but he says, have you done that so that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world? We need to stop this grumbling and this disputing and all of this silliness. And we need to be agents of love because we live in a crooked and twisted generation. And we're supposed to shine as light, but we can't shine as light if we're busy grumbling and disputing. Holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, which is coming, my friends, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. Paul says, listen, man, even if it costs me my life, I'm okay. I'm glad because I know that this life is going to end. But I know that my eternal life goes on forever. Why do I know that? Because God has put eternity in my heart. And I know it. And God's never lied about anything else. Why would he start lying now? 
So these verses, these verses have been misunderstood to think that we have to work out our salvation with fear as if we're working for God. But no, our salvation is a divine action, but our belief system is revealed in our humanity and in our true identity. So he's not saying you're working for salvation. No, he's saying that people are seeing the work that God's doing in you and recognizing your salvation recognize there's something different about you there's something different about you have you ever had somebody say that there's something different about you and then finally they realize it's jesus you ever had that happen so there's something different about the way you talk to people something different about the way you lead something different about this and then they realize you're a christian it's jesus it's jesus you see thinking that salvation is a human action causes all of our problems because we never turn to God. We turn to good works. We turn to benevolence. We start talking about, God's going to let me into heaven because I did. And the answer is, God's not going to let you into heaven because you did this, this, or that. The only reason that you're ever going to see heaven is because you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that you believed in God and you received him as your savior that's what the scripture says that's the identification for that and so we learn to trust in that in every decade in every century of history humans have tried to turn salvation into action into human action listen i want you i want to be very clear even in this time of all this turmoil i will never do good for the sake of good i do good to the glory of god Everything that I do, if it's a cup of cold water, it was done in Jesus' name. If I help you with food, it was done in Jesus' name. If I, if I shop for somebody, it was done in Jesus' name. I never do good for the sake of good, and I will not have good hijack the gospel. Nope, not going to do it. I've seen many churches and I've seen many Christian leaders step away from God for the benefit of good. Because good isn't bad. But if good becomes your god then it is bad take it to the bank i said it online you can you can quote it you can do whatever you need to do with it but it's true you see you and i we understand that we 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 try our best we we do everything we call it the religious way but people who got the religious way attempt to earn salvation by becoming their own savior when you're trying to earn your salvation, you're trying to say that you're your own savior. And I'm a bad savior. I'm really bad at that. I might be able to save you from drowning or something like that. But if I'm trying to save you, if you're trusting in my, in my goodness to save you, I need Jesus to help me. How am, you, how am I going to help you? And we have to point people to Jesus. The second is the irreligious way. There's another way that people who, who go about an irreligious attempt to, at salvation by attempting to be their own Lord. They adhere strictly to someone else's rules, even though they're irreligious, and they set rules for themselves purely on human endeavor. And the funniest thing about that is even when you talk to irreligious people, and then you say, and you ask them what would, what would qualify you for heaven, they start listing things, and I go, wait a second, you don't believe in heaven. I asked you, how do you know you're going to heaven? And you said, well, you did this, that. but you don't believe in heaven, so I, yeah, exactly, gotcha. 
right? It's like, no, how's that working? The problem with each one of us is we need to take sin seriously. We need to assume that sin is something that can't be managed. We need to recognize that it can't be handled. And we need to recognize there is a cure, but the only cure is Jesus Christ. According to the, the Bible, it's simply bad actions that are sinful. Isaiah 64, 6 says, all our righteous acts are filthy rags before God. The gap between us and God is wider and further than you think. Now, when I was a kid, I used to try and jump over things. Have you ever misjudged something? It's painful. Let's just say when you, or it's messy. You think, I can jump that mud puddle. You land right in the middle of the mud puddle, right? You, you think you can jump from this this room, this wall to this wall. You think you can jump from the bed to the dresser. Well, ask my mama when she had to take me to the hospital for them stitches in the back of my head. Now people are like, that's what's wrong with him. He hit his head when he was a baby. But we always try and we think somehow I can make it, man. I can make it. No, I can't make it. And all we end up is with a busted head screaming for our mama, right? And then our mama saying the whole time, boy, I thought I told you right while she's clutching us and that's what god does isn't that what god does for us we try and we try and we try we fall we bust our head we're all muddy and dirty he picks us up and he's like daughter come on man son i'm tired of taking you because you got a big busted up scarred up head i'm tired of this but i love you but you can't make it from here to here you need me and that's what god's doing you and I, we have this opportunity. Listen, you know what God wants to do? He wants to take you in his arms right now. And maybe you have a busted head. Or maybe you're all muddy and dirty. And maybe you're even afraid to show him because there's blood and there's mud. Don't be. He's the one that wants to clean you up. He's the one that's going to doctor you up. He's the one that's going to take care of you, and it will be in Christ alone. That's what God wants. So I'm hoping that you hear this today. Even in the midst of all of this world's troubles with, with the coronavirus and sicknesses, and we read about death tolls, and we read about all these things happening, we read about all of these struggles taking place, and I'm just praying I'm praying and hoping that today you'll realize that all of our striving is in vain without God. There is a cure. His name is Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of death. You don't have to be afraid of sickness. You don't have to be afraid of yourself anymore. And you don't have to be afraid of the loneliness and emptiness you feel inside. Because Jesus can fill all of those things if you'll just trust him. See, this is what my Bible says. In John chapter 1, verse 12, it says, To everyone who believed in him and everyone who received him, he gave them the right to be called children of God. Children not born of a human father's will, but born of our heavenly father's will. God wants to sign the adoption papers right now. And all you have to do is simply believe and receive. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. 
And God, we thank you for the privilege and honor that we have of being here. We pray that your love and your grace will be present in every place. And God, there are people right now who've tried human striving. There are people right now who find an emptiness that is a chasm in their heart right now. And they're realizing that you put eternity in our hearts. And they're realizing now, God, that you hold eternity. And they're realizing that you sent us the cure in your son Jesus and in Jesus alone. There are some that are realizing right now, God, that you love them and they have the most love they're ever going to have from you because you adore them. And while they were stuck in their sin, you demonstrated that love. God, just like you did for me, wrap your loving arms around them. If you're listening today and you need Jesus, we're just going to pray a prayer. And there's no magic words in the prayer. And the truth of the matter is that prayer is simply just talking to God from your heart to God's. Right where you're at, you can just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I receive you. Forgive me of my sin. Take away my pain. I am yours and you are mine. I know that I'm not going to be perfect, but I am being perfected. So Holy Spirit, come and live in me and work through me. And when I do fail, and I know that I'm going to fall down, I'm going to run back to you every single time and trust in you and you alone for my salvation. It is in Jesus' name, by faith in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that I proclaim my faith. And all of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, listen, if you said that prayer this morning, I want to welcome you to the family of God. You can let somebody know in the comments there. You can call the church office at 727-851-9999. You can go on our Facebook page and make that comment. You can send an email to info at cityonahillchurch.tv. And we want to be here for you. And when we gather together, we know it's going to be a celebration like we have never experienced before. And so until that time, we're going to continue to worship Jesus together. I encourage you, get connected in those Zoom groups. All of those links are in your Facebook page. So keep an eye. Every day, if you need some encouragement or help, take a look. We're directly following this at 1030, Candace is going to be online. She's going to be right there online, and she's going to be ready for you to connect with you. And so uh, take the time to connect with her if you need to pray. Tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., it'll be Pastor's Prayer with Pastor Mike at 9. I'll be there at 9 a.m. If anybody needs special prayer, just click right into the meeting. I'll pray with you and for you. And then we have all of our other groups, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Tomorrow night, young people, get on there with John and Rebecca and the other youth leaders, Kelly and, and Andre and the other youth leaders, and get connected. And so uh, keep your eye out for those things. We love you guys. Uh, we will see you next week right here, Palm Sunday. I have some uh, big announcement that I'll share about these books, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to wait for you to come back, and I'm going to give you all the details about these books uh, next week. So until we see you again, we love you, we pray for you, and we're believing God has miraculous things just waiting for you. It's in Jesus' name that we pronounce that. I want to bless you. 
Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pronounce a blessing over every single person that's watching. I pray that they'll know that they are loved by you and filled with your grace and filled with your goodness and filled with your love. And I pray that everywhere their feet touch this week, that the good news of Jesus Christ will be lived and shared. And all God's people who receive that blessing said, amen and amen. And now I'm going to walk toward the camera and scare you.